When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. Kind of a unique feel because while I'm on the road at Palm Springs, I had to use a lifeline to call the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland, because... Tiro, while we tape this, the team is out practicing, and I thought, we got some work to do, man. We've got a big weekend ahead of us. So I uh, thought I'd talk a little softball, bring you in to talk a little men's hoops. You did the women's game on Wednesday, but, man, let's start with the great beginning to this season for Skip Johnson's team. You've been on the call of four, uh, three of the first four games, and, man, this team's looking really good heading into San Diego. Great start. Uh, first 4-0 and start since uh, 2013, and they really uh, leaned on their pitching early on, and it's been fantastic. They have gotten tremendous starting pitching, four different guys so far, Cade Cavalli, Nathan Wiles, uh, Levi Prater, and then freshman Ben Abram on Wednesday was outstanding against Dallas Baptist. And as good as the starting pitching's been, I think the bullpen has been even better. Uh, they've been nails. Uh, we we have seen a couple of new guys, Jason Ruffcorn, a Texas A&M transfer. has got a couple of saves early in the year. There's a true freshman named Wyatt Olds who's been fantastic. Zach Matthews got a save against Dallas Baptist. Uh, Legend Smith from Binger came in and, and was great. I'm going to leave some guys out and start naming Aaron Brooks, on and on and on. So the pitching – has been great. They got a team ERA right now that it's about 1.5, which leads the Big 12 by a bunch uh, early in the year. But uh, they've been great, and they've hit enough. Uh, the bats haven't exploded, but they've been timely, and they've hit enough to complement the great pitching that they've gotten. They haven't hit any home runs yet. Part of that's because the first three games, the wind was blowing in, and it was brutal conditions last weekend in Norman. But they uh, lead the league in doubles so far, so they've been able to find the lines and find the alleys, and um, and they've, they've played good fundamental baseball. 
play good defense. They've hit enough. They've pitched it lights out. And so far they're 4-0, and it's four good wins. Cal Poly and Dallas Baptist are teams that definitely have a chance to be NCAA tournament teams this year. So it's a great start. And uh, now they're about to get tested even more as they will uh, begin play this weekend out in San Diego, a little south of where you are, against uh, three good teams, San Diego on Friday, San Diego State on Saturday, and Cal State Fullerton on Sunday. Yeah, a, a really fun trip. It's part of this Tony Gwynn Classic that they put on in his memory. And, you know, then, Toby, obviously the schedule, it's just busy early in the season. Uh, you've got uh, two midweek games where they take on Arkansas Pine Bluff. They welcome in a pretty good Columbia team, from all I've heard, for four games. Then you guys make that return trip to Dallas Baptist, and I know I'm really looking down the road here, but, you know, that Rice series is going to be interesting now that they're under new leadership, and that's what, seven, eight, uh, nine, 12 games over the stretch of the next two weeks. I love the challenges that they're having early in the season. Yeah, they got nine games in the next 10 days. Oh, wow. And then on top of that, you throw in the Rice series. Um, probably everybody they play in these 12 games, with the exception of Arkansas Pine Bluff, which is the two midweek games next week, right, is considered an NCAA tournament team this year, or at least has a great chance to be one. So it's a, it's a tough stretch. And I'll tell you what, because of, uh, so many games in a short amount of time, they're going to have to uh, find some extra pitching. You know, you think about just the nine games in 10 days here. Well, that covers two weekends. So you can use your weekend arms twice. That's six of the nine games. You can use Abram, your Tuesday night guy once that's seven, that leaves two more games in that stretch that somebody else is going to have to start. Not to mention the three against rice that you're couple of. So, uh, you can't, when you're in a stretch like this, not only somebody else have to start, but you, you don't want to have one of those games where a starter goes out early and then you have to lean heavily on the bullpen and then they're all tired in case you need them for one of those other games. So it's going to be important for them to continue to get good pitching over this next stretch because they are piling up. It's almost like a major league schedule here it is. that they've got, you know, where you'll major league team will go two, three weeks and only have one day off a little bit like that during this stretch for them so they're going to need to continue to get some quality pitching probably some guys who we haven't seen yet off the bench offensively are going to have to help them out and and they're going to get a a lift too. the the texas transfer is about to uh, join the lineup this weekend he hasn't played yet so i'm interested to see how they do over this period of time hey before we start previewing the oklahoma texas basketball game that you'll be calling on saturday morning at 11 a.m can, can you take us through just how tight that was with Jason Ruffcorn? I mean, was there an idea that he was going to be available for that first series, Toby, or did we legit find out hours before that game on Friday? Legit found out Friday morning. Wow. Um, there, was, uh, you know, there was an effort going on to get him eligible, but from those that I talked to, it was, you know, it was up in the air. They didn't know exactly how the NCAA would rule. Um, there was a little bit of a disagreement between Texas A&M and Ruffcorn as to how he left the team. And without going too into detail about that, because of that, there was a hesitancy on A&M's part to release him. And uh, so he wasn't eligible until he got that release or until the NCAA ruled in his favor. 
and there was a feeling that this would, in all likelihood, stretch into the season. And if he got eligible at all, it wouldn't be for a bit. And so for the ruling to come down Friday morning of the opening game was a very pleasant uh, surprise. As I understand it, Jason was in class and he got a text from Skip <laughs> and he was beside himself excited. And sure enough, that night he gets the save or actually later that afternoon in his first game in a Sooner uniform. So it was quite a day for the young man. And this is a big addition for this team, whether he's the closer or just a guy that helps him out on the back end of the bullpen. He's a, a sidearm, three-quarter arm, right-hander with experience at a big-time level in the SEC. And so this, this young man's going to help him, I think. Man, I'm really excited. Now, we'll have all that action for you on the uh, Sooner Radio Network. The flagship in Oklahoma City in the Norman area is Sports Talk 99.3 FM. You can find all the baseball affiliates on Soonersports.com slash radio. Our buddy Taylor Maples is making the road trip. In fact, he's flying down on Friday morning. So three games in three days, and then you turn around and you play Tuesday and Wednesday and four games over the weekend should be fun. How about the fun for you? On Saturday morning, Toby, OU Texas, 11 a.m., suddenly, I'm not trying to get too carried away off one win, but you just felt like one win could really turn some things. And now, you know, bracketology has a little bit more of a positive feel to it. They're in as not in the play-in game in some people's opinion. I mean, I, a win goes a long way, but I, I, I like the energy around this team right now. I agree. I, I, you had that feeling, or certainly the narrative around them was that they were on an inevitable slide out of the bracket. And the win over TCU, for the time being, stopped that slide. And it, it might have even helped them climb a rung or two back into the bracket, it seems. So, uh, more importantly, hopefully, it psychologically gave this team the boost it needs because they've got to win more. I mean, you know, they're probably going to have to, in my opinion, of the five remaining regular season games, I think they got to win three of them. And, and even with that, maybe one more in the Big 12 tournament to get in, depending on what happens on the bubble around the country. So they got to keep winning. That's that, what happened in Fort Worth isn't enough, but it's a start. And this is one of those games Saturday that they got to win. It's Texas at home. Texas is good. You know, uh, as we tape this last night, North Carolina just whacked Duke destroyed in Durham, Texas beat North Carolina earlier this year. So this is a very good Texas team when they decide to be, and they've been up and down and inconsistent this year, but, uh, but they're tough. And, and Oklahoma has not played well at home for whatever reason this year, they've lost four straight conference games in the Lloyd Noble Center. So this is an important one. Uh, it's a, a winnable game, but you got to play well. And Jackson Hayes, I think, is the key to it for Texas, the big six foot 11 freshman shot blocker who is a game changer for them on the inside. Uh, they they got to figure out a way to deal with him on both ends of the court. So it's going to be fun. Toby will be on the air with a 1030 pregame with Kevin Henry. You know, I've spent a lot of time doing Big 12 radio on Sirius XM, Big 12 Channel 375, and there seems to be one constant question that I'll pose to you. Who's the favorite right now? Who's the who's the favorite to win the Big 12 title? Oh, gosh. Tough I, one, right? I've changed, I've changed my answer three times in a week here. <laughs> I, 
I guess it's Kansas State because they have the one game lead and we're running out of time. But and, and I and I'll stick with that for the time being because Dean Wade is okay, it looks like. After he hurt his foot, I was ready to jump ship. I think Iowa State is the most dangerous team when it comes NCAA tournament time. I think they're capable of getting hot and making a run, maybe more so than anybody else in this league. But they've lost three home games now in conference play. And I think the Baylor loss might have have really hurt their chances to win the league. Texas has got a legit shot. They got Kansas at home Saturday and a favorable schedule down the stretch. So I I would say, you know, logically, Kansas State or Texas Tech. But there's this other team that seems to always magically figure out a way to do it. (laughs) So you cannot rule them out. I'm not going to say their name. You cannot rule (laughs) them out. But I I think, you know, just what makes sense is Kansas State or Texas Tech is going to be the one seed in Kansas City. Hey, I I wanted to add one more thing on hoops, getting back to OU. And it's it's OU Texas. I mean, unless you're out of town, Toby, this is – we can make the LNC a game-changing environment. And I know that it's been a challenging season, but you know, a lot is still ahead of this team, and there's there's not much better than an OU-Texas showdown in any sport. So I guess this is kind of my charge to get everyone out to the LNC because that atmosphere can make a monster difference in this showdown. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Um it's, it's going to be okay weather-wise on Saturday, it looks like. And it's a must-win game. And this team needs you. I mean, they, you know, it's March is, is quickly approaching, and every game is monstrously important in their pursuit of getting to the NCAA tournament. So if it at all fits in your schedule and you're a Sooner fan, uh, you know, please try to be in the arena on Saturday. Hey, I uh, final thought here before I let you run. And for those that don't know, Toby had the uh, ultimate util- sports uh, Swiss Army knife week calling games because you did baseball on – make sure I get this right – Friday, Sunday, and then Wednesday. You went, what, on the road with basketball in Fort Worth on Saturday. So did you and Joe C. and Kevin Henry drive after the baseball game down to Fort Worth? We did. Yeah, we did the uh, Landers road trip Friday night. And wow. uh, hit some In-N-Out Burger on the way. Nice. Uh, Joe C bought us breakfast Saturday morning before the game, and uh, and then after the win, we uh, we hustled back up I-35. So uh, I, I I just hope people know we've got the coolest athletic director in America. He's the best. Uh, not only not only is he brilliant and hires really good coaches, so so play-by-play guys, but really good coaches. <laughs> But he's cool, and uh, I really enjoy hanging out with Joe and uh, and Kevin uh, as well. We all gave each other a hard time all the way down and back. And the best thing was we got two wins out of the trip. So hopefully we'll do it again sometime soon. Did Kevin eat his In-N-Out burger with a fork? He didn't. We, we uh, right. guilted him into picking it up with his hands. I don't think he was comfortable, but we guilted him into it. And, and then Wednesday you did women's hoops. I know it's been a challenge for Sherry. As we tape this, you were actually on your way home from the coaches show, but she's got, I mean, that is a roster littered with freshmen and sophomores. And I think they're going to be fine next year, T-Row. 
No, I, I, I have no doubt about that. I, I'm actually excited. This has been a long year, and we haven't had one of these around here in, in two decades, literally. They've been to 19 straight NCAA tournaments. So it's it's been a tough year for players and coaches and fans to have to deal with all the losses piling up. But I, there's zero doubt in my mind that we're going to look back next year and the year after that, and with the signing classes they've got coming in and the experience this freshman class is getting, and look at the 2000. 18-19 season as the year that built the foundation for something special. Um, they, you know, they've got four freshmen among the top 10 in the conference in minutes per game. There's Most teams don't have four freshmen on their team. They've got four freshmen in the top 10 in the conference in minutes per game. So they're getting a ton of experience, some good, some bad. But they're living through it. I thought they played really well at spur in, in, in large periods, actually, against Iowa State. Just let their guard down for about five minutes and, and got buried by a more experienced team. But um, they're doing some good things, and hopefully they can get a nice road win Saturday in Morgantown. You're the man, Toby. Appreciate you finding time for me, and we will talk again soon, bud. You're the man, Plank. Have fun out there in Palm Springs. Uh, we will, man. Thanks, Toby. How cool is that? Toby and I have had pretty wild travel schedules over the last couple of weeks, so we've had a few of his interviews but haven't really had the opportunity to go one-on-one -on -one with T-Row, so how cool was that? Well, listen, we didn't talk a lot of softball with Toby, so let's bring in the coach, shall we, on my radio show. Earlier this week, I had a chance to talk with Sooner softball head coach, Patty Gasso, and we dove into everything related to the week that was – and the week ahead. How were a couple days off for the team? I know that uh, you probably didn't take those days off, but what were the couple days of rest like after a maddening 48, 72-hour stretch down in Florida? Um, first, thanks for having me this morning. Um, oh, it was uh, very, very needed, very needed. Uh, not only the play on the field, which is constant, but the, the travel, which is long and um, kind of tedious on the body as well. So um, although you think I was working through the two days off, I was not. So <laughs> I need as <laughs> much relaxation you. as they do. So it was uh, came at a very good time. Coach, I know that you're never in the business of, of making excuses or allowing those. But I did want to pose one thing to you. you do, this is early in the season. That turnaround was something else for this team this weekend. And, again, like I said, no excuses, but one heck of a learning experience, wasn't it, to go from getting late on Wednesday, media responsibilities Thursday morning, two games against NCAA tournament teams in Kentucky and Notre Dame late into the night, and then you got to get up early and turn around and play Florida Atlantic, and boom, there's Florida State. Really good learning experience for this team, you think? Yeah, most definitely, because that's really what it's like, especially when you get into postseason. Uh, you just get pulled around a lot. And um, we're not a team that really fights against that much. So we just go with the flow and know that um, for us, we're still very proud. I think all of those that are in the softball world are excited about opportunities to be seen or to put our sport in prime time. So for the, um, the group from ESPN reached out to me over a year ago and said, we want you guys here to headline. You'll get lots of TV time, and it'll help uh, promote the sport early. And it was a no-brainer for us. Now, the, the 
schedule is not conducive to a lot of time off or rest, but this team understands it. And the fact that we get to help promote was bigger to us than, you know, sitting and getting ample rest. But that's why you get tough times because they want to turn around and give you TV opportunities. So we, we roll with it. Well, well, uh, I've, I've talked a lot about this team, obviously, and there's just something, I don't know, every team is different. Every team has its own identity, and we're only 10 games in, and it's a marathon, not a sprint. But I love the makeup of this team, Coach, and I know, again, like I said, only 10 games in. Have you been able to kind of pinpoint its personality yet or kind of be able to truly identify what has made this team so, I don't know, pretty loose, it seems, early on? Yeah, they get along together pretty well. And that is just a lot of different kind of work that we've done off the field for them to understand what we're about to go through. We lost some great players in the Paige, yeah. Paige Lowry, Paige Parker, and Wodak, and our captain, um, Kelsey Arnold, and <clears throat> Penley, Nicole Penley in center field. We lost some really, really talented athletes who had experience and leadership. So I have really been proud of, of our seniors like Sid Romero and Shay Knighton. And those guys are coming forward and really trying to lead the team. Some of the, the early heroics of Reagan Rogers has been fun yeah. to watch. Uh, our freshmen, just a little bit amped and sometimes a little nervous, <laughs> but Grace Lyons, Grace Green doing their thing, Lindsay Elam. There's just new faces that make it fresh and fun to watch them succeed. Um, but they root for each other. And our pitching staff, with only Mariah back with not a ton of experience, is also a work in progress that everyone, not just the pitchers, are engaged with. And so we've got work to do, but I felt like we had a pretty good weekend. We see what Florida State looks like. We see their confidence, how good they are, how well they swing the bat. And anytime you play someone that beats you pretty good, you learn and you see that there are things we have to do to get better and live in that world. So it's not, it's not shameful. It's humbling and it's motivating for us. How has it helped having Kelsey and Leah still around? Kelsey to obviously help with, I'm sure, some leadership things. And I, and I can imagine, Coach, it's a little bit unique for them because they're not players anymore. So they go from being vocal leaders to uh, you got to kind of step back a little bit. But you, you have Kelsey there to help with leadership issues. And you obviously have a lot of youth behind the plate, so it's got to be great to have Leah Wodak around to help kind of uh, fine-tune things for uh, Lindsay Elam. Yeah, well, it's been very, very helpful to all of us, uh, especially, well, both of them. They bring different things, but we have a freshman shortstop, and that's Kelsey Arnold's position. So she's able to talk with her quite a bit, but we do have a lot of uh, returners in the infield, and Grace Green's working over at first, so I even have Shay in a coaching mode over there because our seniors understand nice. that they're leaving the torch for these young ones, so they want to help as well. But Leah Wodak has done really well with our catchers. She's also working with the pitchers because she had such a good relationship with Paige Parker and Paige Lowry and so forth. So it's, uh, 
it's really, really been helpful. And these are two young ladies that are going to be great coaches in the future. So I, they kind of hold back. I'm like, hey, do my job so I can sit back. <laughs> you start learning how to coach. <laughs> so um, they're a little bit hesitant, but when they get the green light, they jump right into it. Uh, I know you're going to get tired of talking to me whenever we have five games again this weekend, but I want to throw kind of two two questions that we probably won't go too in-depth on during our pregame conversations. And one of those is your first base coach, you've experimented now by putting Kelsey over there as well, too. Um, how, how, how did you think that went? Was that just you looking for something a little bit different vibe-wise over at first? No, okay. I, I got to put okay. it out there. So Kalani Ke- Rickett. It's a very intimidating-looking force. So I'm thinking, <laughs> wow, putting a six-foot three, you know, the one of the greatest of all times over at first base might give us a little bit of, like, whoa and ooh, ah. But Keilani is not wanting to be a first-base coach. She's a pitcher. <laughs> she works with pitchers. And right. The hardest thing for us is to coordinate our outfits because we have to try to dress somewhat similar. <laughs> and she's a different person to, you know, get clothes for. So it's it's been a struggle. That's with awesome. But Kehlani's will best serve us, honestly, in the dugout and talking to our pitchers when we're um, on offense. I think her and Coach Rocha – are going to be a much more connected now through some of this. Kelsey Arnold is one of the smartest players I know, both both offensively and defensively. And um, so it just makes more sense for, for our needs versus me trying to send a message like, look who we have at first base coaching box. Um, it just makes more sense to use them to help us where they serve us best. It's kind of funny because I had brought up the same thing on the broadcast Saturday. If I'm a softball player and I'm out there on the field and I'm looking over at the first base coach and it's Kalani Ricketts, I'm a that intimidation factor is already amped up just a little bit because she's one of the greats. But I think that was, I think it was awesome. And look how they responded, Coach, with Kelsey Arnold at first base, an 11 run second inning, huh? All Kelsey. Hey, and then before I let you go. I, I wanted to brag a little bit on JT too because I've I've learned so much about this sport obviously from you and Poppy and and following you guys for four years now. But I've really noticed JT continuing to kind of I don't want to say experiment, but really dive in to help the hitters as much as possible with different balance drills, different things to kind of help them. How have you seen JT evolve in his four years now as your hitting coach? Oh no, that was a great. Did she hang up on me? Did Coach hang up, or did you – Did oh, my gosh. See if we can't get her back. I was just going to brag on JT. And I don't know. Maybe she doesn't want me to brag on JT. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was – no, 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 no. Oh, okay. Coach, you, you okay? I, I, I'm sorry that if, if we accidentally dropped you. But I was, you I was, bragging, I was about, bragging on JT. Talk, I know. J- you started talking about my son. I just wanted to hang up. You stopped talking about me. <laughs> That's no, what I said. I got but sorry. Can, can you take us through his evolution as a hitting coach and what you've seen from, from day one and how he's really dug in and committed himself to being the best he can be? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, It's been an absolute joy, mainly as a mother. Because when you see your kids, you know when people tell you, wow, your kids are so smart or they're so 
uh, well-mannered and you're like, yeah, really, yeah, really? You don't see them at home. You know, you do those <laughs> kinds of things. So I don't give my kids the kind of credit that I should be seeing. I'm always a little bit harder on them. But watching JT mature, watching him learn and search and create, um, I cannot tell you how proud I am of him, his innovation, his new um, drills and ways to explain. He's a very, very good teacher, really good teacher who understands how to make adjustments. And that was probably one of the biggest things I needed him to learn. And he really has searched out and has very good game plans, very organized. Um, and the players respond to him so well. He doesn't get overexcited. He doesn't get over angry. He's a very calming force. Um, I don't know. He's just, He's, he's one of the best, and I'm proud he's part of this program, no doubt. All right, allow me to do my best preview of everything that is available for you on the Sooner Radio Network. We'll see how many times I actually have to go to the website to correct things. First, we will be on the air with softball tomorrow night with a 5 p.m. Central Time pregame show for Oklahoma and BYU. That's 5 Central for OU and BYU. Uh, these teams have played regularly over the at least the last this is my fourth year calling games we played every year the Sooners in this series have won six straight over BYU including a 10-zip win last year then the Sooners will have the nightcap against UCLA guy this is huge this is one of the biggest games of the year regardless of what year it is OU UCLA softball is akin to the best matchup in any sport between any team. These are two powerhouses. This is going to be great. Tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, or, or tonight. I'm taping this on Thursday night. Tonight, 8 o'clock, I'll be on the air right at first pitch. Meanwhile, at that same time for baseball fans, the Sooners will be on the road for baseball. Skip Johnson's team started the year a very impressive 4-0. They take on San Diego, and that's at 8 o'clock first pitch. Taylor Maples will be on the air at the pregame show at 7.30. Men's Hoops. Saturday morning at 11 a.m., and then we'll be on the air an hour later with Sooner Softball against Arizona at noon. Women's basketball will be in action against West Virginia. That'll be a little bit later on in the afternoon on Saturday. That's a 3 o'clock tip, 2.30 pregame. And uh, then baseball will be on at 8 o'clock Saturday night with the 7.30 pregame show against San Diego State. Then we'll wrap things up on Sunday with softball, doubleheader Sunday, kind of unique for the Sooners to play two on Sunday, 11 a.m. against Cal State Fullerton. Then the Sooners will turn around and play Cal Santa Barbara at 1.30. Meanwhile, at almost the exact same time, Sooner baseball will be playing Cal State Fullerton at noon. So if you need any help, Finding tickets, you can go to Soonersports.com slash tickets for the home games or Soonersports.com slash radio. Man, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Thanks to head coach Patty Gasso. Thanks to Toby Rowland. We'll be back on Tuesday to recap everything from a busy week right here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Until then, have a great week and Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.
Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.